State Farm Insurance knows that understanding and investing in our cultural identity is paramount in protecting our future. We know what it's like to go from nothing to something to wish that we had better financial literacy when we were younger. Luckily, State Farm is here to help with funding programs like Project Ready, which is committed to education achievement and has already awarded over $11 million in scholarship offers to black and brown youth since 2021. State Farm believes that being better neighbors creates better communities. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. In the pressure cooker of the NBA playoffs, there's no room to fake it. Every pass, shot, and dribble is immediately consequential. The playoffs are the time for the real. Real stakes, real emotions, real sweat, blood, and tears, real legacies. Which teams will rise from the chaos? Which teams will conquer? Which team is going to make this year their year? You already know when and where to find these moments of unscripted, pure entertainment. Don't miss one minute of the action. Tune into the NBA playoffs on ESPN and ABC. You know a spot, but not just a spot, the spot. Actually, with the 2023 Nissan Frontier, you know a bunch of them. But the key to these great spots, being able to reach them in the first place. Your spot is out there. Find your Frontier in the 2023 Nissan Frontier with standard 310 horsepower, advanced tech, and 281 pound-feet of torque. Got my Prevnar 20 shot. It's a pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine. For us, wise folks, it helps protect. I'm 19, strong. And asthmatic, and at higher risk. Get vaccinated. But, but nothing when grandma speaks. Grandson listens. 19 or older with chronic conditions like asthma, diabetes, or chronic heart disease, or 65 plus, you may be at higher risk for pneumococcal pneumonia. Prevnar 20 can help protect you with just one dose. Prevnar 20 is approved for adults to help prevent infections from 20 strains of the bacteria that cause pneumococcal pneumonia. Continued approval may depend on a supportive study. Don't get Prevnar 20 if you've had a severe allergic reaction to the vaccine or its ingredients. Adults with weakened immune systems may have a lower response to the vaccine. Side effects include pain and swelling at the injection site, fatigue, headache, muscle, and joint pain. For full prescribing information, please call 1-855-213-2138 or visit Prevnar 20. Ask your doctor or pharmacist about getting vaccinated with Prevnar 20, even if you've already received another pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. That's how we own it. What's up, family? It's your girl, Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your host of Street Politicians, the, the place, place where the streets, streets and, and politics, politics meet. meet. What's going on, Mr. Lennon? Our society. Oh, man. Lord have mercy. <laughs> and I tell you, it's a lot, 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 lot happening. But I spent time today with little four-year-olds and five-year-olds. And I was like, you know, this is where I need to be. Like, I think that this is my next life. I need to be with them. Because the, first of all, they are hilarious. And they're, you know, they they like still in their terrible twos. 
but they're so sweet. They said such nice things to me. The girls were like, you're pretty. And then the boys were like, well, tell me what you do. And they were very inquisitive. And it was just a great space. And I was um, actually with uh, our family at GBNY, which is an athletic store in Queens. They sell sneakers and they always get the like, top whatever the, the freshest flyest whoever's sneakers come out you know I don't know much about that but they get them uh and a lot of celebrities including uh Jim Jones who was there today with me at this event um they 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 are like a real exclusive place that a lot of celebrities go to and therefore they know they have a big responsibility and today G the owner was talking about how much no matter where he goes or what he does he wants to give things away. So they teamed up with Adidas and gave away $100,000 worth of sneakers to families and kids today in a school in Harlem, PS 179. Super cool. Our, our guy, big brother, uh, Mr. Footwork, brought me Footwork. into the space and had me to be there. And I was just like, these kids, this is, I have to be with the kids because the adults, the adults is driving me crazy. It's different. Adulting is different. But, you know, we got to protect the kids, too, man. Because it's crazy out here. Crazy going on. Speaking of crazy things going on with kids, um, in Florida, in Miami, yo, Florida is literally off the chain. It's like, oh, yeah. You know, they got DeSantis out there, man. Of course it's crazy. It's, but it's always been crazy. And it's just crazier. Um, they had a daycare center and a bunch of white kids in the daycare center there with other children as well, black kids, you know, diverse group of people. The two-year-olds for Black History Month, the teachers decided to paint their faces blackface. And then they no. took the photos from, they did a photo shoot of the little two-year-old white kids with the blackface and put it on their social media accounts. And of course, the black folks lost it. I'm telling you, I was on the internet scrolling yesterday. Mm -hmm. And I saw a story about daycare and black people pulling their kids out. And you know what I did? Scrolled on past it as fast as I could. Cause I just didn't even know. I was thinking it was gonna be something, you know, something else. And I just couldn't deal with it. It's just too much. I don't even understand. And I'm thinking maybe they didn't know they were doing something wrong. I don't know how you don't know in this era, in this day and age, that blackface, that black people don't want it. We don't want it. It ain't no sign of, you know, celebrate. We don't, it ain't, it's not okay. No black person wants you in blackface. We don't you want it. You can't say that. that. Some black people might say No, nah, no, no. I don't know. Nobody wants it. We don't want it. <laughs> don't want it. It ain't going to work for you, man. Y'all don't want to give, y'all don't want to teach, you know, black history, but you want to play, paint black faces. It's I mean, so crazy, but that's why I said shit ever. I have to start changing my mindset because if I sit with everything that's going on, that's just one boom, 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 this, that, over here, over there, I lose my mind. And I'm not trying to lose my mind. And people really do lose their minds. Like, this is a thing. Like, you know, as we start to get older, Alzheimer's and all these things start to become a problem, as they call it the Alzheimer's. In the our community, the Alzheimer's and the and the dementia and all that stuff, 
You cannot be out here stressing yourself out every day with what's going on in this world. And I'm convinced that they just have stuff bang, 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 bang all day long so that you're so all over the place that you can't even focus on one particular thing. So therefore, I have to believe that maybe they just, I don't know, maybe they didn't know. Maybe they thought they were honoring or teaching the white kids what it feels like to be Black. And I don't think it's right. Of course, I'm being sort of sarcastic and even facetious, if you will. But I'm still just trying to see where the the the, the ribbon in the sky is that perhaps because if you we took, don't want it, but we don't but, want it. though. But if you took pictures of it and you posted it, you couldn't have thought it was wrong. Right. We don't want it. <laughs> we don't want it. Like, that's the bottom line. Like, and, and it's been proven because every time somebody does it. They get the same reaction. So if you're doing this as a teacher, you know, and you you and you're a grown person in 2023, then you're not paying, you're not reading the room, you're not paying attention to anything that's going on. You don't get it. You know what I'm saying? And 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 and, and ignorance is not an excuse for, for what it is. At this point, you're supposed to know. You know, and that's just pretty much that. It's weirdo vibes, like total weirdo. And it's like. Like you said, they don't want us to learn our history. And it seems that there's such a fascination still though with us. Like we, they want us casted out of society, basically. They don't want you to learn about yourself. They want to kill you. They don't want anybody to fight or stand up for you. They don't want you to stand up for yourself. They don't want to treat your kids right. They want to lock you up. They want to do all this. And yet, and still, they won't leave us alone. Like you would, why are you painting these children? You should never do that because you don't want them to be black. You don't even really want them to have an experience or understanding of what it is that we as black people are beyond enslavement and oppression. Like, we have so many other great things. And for some reason, y'all just won't leave us alone. It's very weird to me. Very, very, extremely very weird. Extremely weird. Speaking of Florida, Florida and education, though, I'm really proud of something that we started working on recently. We've talked on the show a few times about the ban on the African-American studies class, the AP course uh, in Florida, where they put out a curriculum that I found to be strong. Sure, it has holes. We talked about some of the things that I wish it had more titles addressing Black men. You know, we talked about some of the things, but the, what they teach now is, is damn near nothing. So the curriculum that has been built that teaches about prior to enslavement, all the way through the transatlantic slave trade and talks about the reparations movement, the movement for justice and the Black Lives Matter movement. I mean, it, it is extensive in terms of all the things that the, the new curriculum was proposing. Then it was banned, of course, by the, um, the, the I think it was the, the, the board, the curriculum board or the education. It wasn't the board of education though, um, but there's a department that looks at curriculum. They were the first ones to strike it and say that the information was, it went too far and you know they didn't feel that it was necessary curriculum um, and that you know much of the information um, was not appropriate for these high school students. 
And of course, Governor DeSantis used that. He was, he was like, yep, they're with me. You know, I want to thank them for seeing the issues. He talked about uh, the stay woke movement. There's actual, actual legislation in Florida to ban stay woke and that whole concept of teachers and uh, and workplaces and others focusing on the woke movement, if you will. In fact, Governor DeSantis said that woke uh, Florida is the place that woke comes to die. Like he said that. So those are his words. So there's a real attack. And, you know, he was very excited and making sure that as governor, he doubled down on banning the curriculum. So it went back to the committee that helped to design it and they watered it down. And now it's like, you know, it's cool, it's still better than it was, but it doesn't have the elements in it, especially when you're trying to teach black kids, African kids, and teach other communities about our struggles, about, you know, who we are and how we come into relationship with this country. So we decided, because when I was posting about it and talking about it, people were like, well, I would love to learn that stuff. I would love to take those classes. Do you know where we can get the information? Is this curriculum somewhere that we can download it? And a lot of people were asking. So people asked and we listened. We heard that. We understand the necessity to, to make sure this information gets out there. And that one of the ways we combat, in addition to protests and all of that, but one of the ways that we have to fight back against uh, the, 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 uh, the intention to whitewash history is by providing it and teaching it ourselves. And so until freedom has announced and this week, um, tomorrow actually will be the first day that folks will get an opportunity to participate in a six weeks, uh, six week course where we're going to actually be having instructors um, and professors to come in and teach much of the, the material that was in the AP course and also just material that even goes beyond that. So- Dope, dope, dope. What is it called? It's called, you gonna learn today. <laughs> you, you, not you today. today. You, gonna, you gonna learn today. You gonna learn today. <laughs> From Until Freedom's uh, Academy. And through our academy, just for folks who may not know, it is an area within Until Freedom, our organization, where we teach people about a lot of things. We teach them about protests and, you know, help train folks. When we were in Louisville, Kentucky living, uh, we trained hundreds of people uh, to get ready for a protest and civil disobedience. Um, you know, we really try to focus on helping people to edu educating them on protest movements and the strategies um, and also the safety measures that have to be taken into account. And then what happens after a protest? Um, and so our academy is fully functional. We do a lot of work with it, but this is a new area where we're going to be specifically focusing on um, African and African-American history. Six classes, you can sign up uh, where you would pay $249 for all six classes, or you can get individual classes for $65. And instructors are amazing. So yes, that's yeah. what I'm looking for. I'm gonna learn. I'm gonna learn that, hey. <laughs> State Farm Insurance gets it. Representation alone doesn't equate to authenticity. State Farm understands and wants to help protect our communities by investing in our future, building off the hard work our parents have done before us. We all are looking to create generational wealth so that our families and generations behind us have a better starting point than we did. That begins with financial literacy. 
State Farm helps fund programs like Project Ready, a national urban league program committed to the educational achievement of black and brown youth. To date, participants have been awarded over $11 million in scholarships offers as a direct result of contributions from State Farm. At Eating Wallbrook, we hear inspiring rags to riches stories on each episode from our guests, but with State Farm, you can begin to write your own success story. State Farm believes that being better neighbors creates better communities and have a long-lasting impact. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. All right, so there we were, cruising through the new open-air zoo, when I realized that the park was closing in like 15 minutes. Luckily, we were in my Nissan Rogue. With its powerful VC turbo engine, well, we had time to see all the animals. Whoa! <laughs> and outrun a few! Drive the Nissan Rogue. In the pressure cooker of the NBA playoffs, there's no room to fake it. When the NBA championship is on the line, every pass, every shot, and every dribble is immediately, undeniably consequential. The playoffs are the time for the real. Real stakes, real emotions, real sweat, real blood, and real tears. Trust me, I know what it takes to bring home a championship ring. The regular season is tough, but these games are a completely different level. Now is the time when legacies are made. The best team will bring home the Larry O'Brien Trophy and add their name to basketball history. Will we see a battle between marquee franchises, or will we see a new champion crowned? Which teams will rise from the chaos? Which teams will conquer? Which team is going to make this year their year? These are the moments of unscripted, pure entertainment that only happen on the hardwood. You've waited all season for this. It's time to take it to the next level. Don't miss one minute of the action. Tune into the NBA playoffs on ESPN and ABC. How do we level the playing field for all entrepreneurs? 55% of white businesses survive the startup phase, while only 4% of black businesses do the same. So I want every black entrepreneur to know about the One Million Black Businesses Initiative. The One Million Black Businesses Initiative is an award-winning program created by Shopify and Operation Hope. They're on a mission to start, grow, and scale one million black businesses by 2030, driving wealth creation for the black community. Out of 6 million employer-owned businesses in the U.S., only 2.3% have black ownership. This program gives black entrepreneurs tools and resources to level the playing field, from free business coaching to tailored training and extended free Shopify trial. Shopify's made a 10-year, multi-million dollar commitment to the program, and it's working. The initiative already started, supported, and engaged with over 334,000 black businesses, helping them operate businesses that sell anything from skateboards to coffee beans to apparel. Business owners love this program. Simone Harvin, founder of SC Creative Group, says, The one million black businesses experience for me was unlike any other program I've been a part of, primarily because it was for us and it was by us. Here at Drink Champs, we are always interacting with our listeners, many being black entrepreneurs. Shopify is one of those platforms that empowers and emboldens entrepreneurship. So chart your own path for business success with the One Million Black Businesses Initiative and Shopify. Bring your business to Shopify with an exclusive offer at shopify.com slash B-E-N, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash B-E-N. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. 
Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. You know, on a on a much more painful and just a sad, 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 terrible. Every time it happens, it's more terrible than the last time. And we just are living in a place in a society in a time where anything can happen at any moment. And, and you know, you say, why me when the bad things happen? But the question then becomes, why not you? Because if it can happen to somebody else, it can certainly happen to you. And the tragic shooting uh, that happened at Michigan State, when we're talking about education, people in the classroom trying to get their education, uh, students were killed by a man, a black man, by the way, uh, I think he was 43 years old, went into to the school, they still have not been able to find any connection between him and Michigan State, he went into this school, shot at least eight people, or at least they say that eight people were injured in this shooting. So that could be that somebody fell down the stairs or broke their leg or whatever. So we haven't heard all the details of the injuries to each individual person. However, um, to see that, you know, when the doctors were on the news speaking about the incident, the doctor started crying. So God only knows what they saw and just the emotion, it's just too much. It's too much for everybody. First responded, first of all, the people in the shooting, then the people watching it on the news, the students in the windows watching and running, the first responders, the doctors, it's too much trauma all around. But there were three fatalities so far, hopefully no more. Um, a young brother by the name of Brian Frazier, a uh, young lady, Alexandria Verner, and then Ariel Anderson. Uh, Ariel Anderson is the niece of a friend to us at Until Freedom, and that is uh, reality star uh, Delicious. Um, and, you know, again, 50,000 plus students on a campus, Ariel gets killed. And all these three, these three individuals get killed by this man. And your family has to be saying, why my child? You know, why my child? But then the answer is, why not your child? Because it could be anybody. It's, it's just so crazy, man, that you send your kid to college as a, as a Black person. You know what I'm saying? You, you work hard. Whatever you have to do, you want to provide your children with an opportunity to have a better life than you did. Yeah, man. Right? And, and so, you know, just just knowing how that, just trying, just identifying with that in itself. You know that you you, you think, I done sent my, my kid to college. She's good. She's in good hands. She's a good person. And you get a call. That's some psycho person that, that took this little baby's life, man. These kids' life. And it's just, it's, it's, it, it pains my heart to even think about that. You know, our, our kids are just not safe anywhere. Nowhere can we go that these babies are safe, man. We And, you know, it's, it's my heart goes out to the family. You know, it really pains me to even just, just fathom that, man. I don't, I don't even know what that looks like. And, you know, when we seen um, 
delicious trying to find a young girl. That was alone. That was even worse. The whole world that got broke me. You know, like trying to find like did anybody hear from anybody, and then to find out that she she lost her life, man. You know, my my condolences goes out to the family. Yeah. It's tough. It's really tough. And you know, I know obviously we would not take away from any one of these people who have been harmed, injured, and those who are deceased. All of them matter. They equally matter. It's terrible, no matter who it is. And we want to make sure that people know that. Ariel hurts because we know her family. You know, obviously we know her, her aunt. And of course it's for that. But it also hurts. We can't ignore it. We can't not talk about it. It hurts because it was a Black man who went into that school and shot this young Black girl studying to be a pediatrician in her classroom trying to do the right thing. And we can't act like that does not have a particular sting. It is, he shouldn't have done that because every time there's a mass shooting, no matter who is the perpetrator of it, I'm hurt, bleeding, can't believe it. It takes me into trauma and depression because it's terrible. And it just so happens that this week we went from the, the shooting in Michigan State, grieving with our sister Delicious and her family and of course these other families, and then watching in the same week, the Buffalo shooter be sentenced after he shot our elderly people and other family, other black folks. And by the way, didn't shoot the white man that he pointed his gun towards, right? He, he did that. And we had to watch those families stand there and address him and try to pour out their hearts about how much it hurt. And he had the audacity to say, I wish I could take it back, but I can't. I wish I didn't do it. It was a terrible thing. And the, and, and the families is like, are you fucking kidding me? Are you fucking kidding me? And they should have let the man that was trying to charge at him whoop his ass. They should have just, just got out the way and let that happen. Get a little whoop, whoop ass, man. Listen, I would have paid, put some money on his books, man. Whoop his ass. And I'd have put some money on the man's books, man. I mean, I'm going to be honest with you. There's people like, well, that's not the answer. That, that's <laughs> the least answer. Man should be able to whoop somebody's ass that takes mm -hmm. a the life of a love of an uh, innocent person. He at least could get an ass from That's not the answer. What are you talking about? Please. It's too much. It's too much. And I, it just was, it was a rough week watching all of that happen in one week. And knowing that, you know, it, it used to be an area that we weren't as much of, we weren't victims of, even though, you know, we, we think about like the Sandy Hook, the young lady from Sandy Hook, this is a young white girl. She was at Sandy Hook as a kid and survived that. And now she's a student at Michigan State That's and was, has now survived this. So even, if, even, if, even though she may be alive, breathing physically well, mentally, she never even got over the first trauma, but she was so little. And now here we took my 20 whatever years later. And now you're in college and it happens again. She's never going to be right. And mm -hmm. so we grieve as a society. All of us grieve about Sandy Hook and, you know, Columbine and the, the list goes on. It's so many lists. I can't even bring them up. But now our own people are participating in and becoming victims of this. And that goes to show you, which is why we've always said, 
The gun violence fight is not a fight for one community or one group of people nope. because it happens to us. We see the LGBTQIA community suffering just recently, the Asian community. Uh, there was a, a shooting that happened there where people died. This thing is spreading and moving into every community. So when Black folks who may, who we may not have as many people dying at one time in a school or in a building in one place, right? At one point, we didn't have that. But we were saying that mass shootings was 12 people getting shot in Chicago in one night. In Harlem, a shooting that took the lives of three people on one summer night. For us, that was mass shootings. And we were saying the world needed to rally together and stand up and fight against it and provide resources and deal with mental health and deal with these issues. Nobody listened to us when we said that. People didn't see it as being, a it was just thugs and just, you know. And now every community is dealing with its own form of mass shootings and violence that's out of control. And I, I just, I don't want to live in that world. It's, it's it's crazy, right? Because um, we see how how guns are are just rampantly affecting every, like you said, every community, and the fact that there are still people who don't even want background checks on guns, right? Crazy. The fact that they, they they're not even afraid that the, the the a gun can get into the wrong, the hands of a wrong person who would take kids' lives. They don't even want no level of accountability. It's crazy to me. I've seen now that they're they're proposing to enter um, a bill where guns will have trackers on. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And, and things like that make sense to me. Like, it's no way, Absolutely. I mean, because if you if, if the gun is not tracked, if, if you're giving people's licenses and all that shit anyway, you're tracking everybody else doing everything else. You can't walk outside without your eyes is, is, is being take facial recognition and everything. So why not put it on guns that's taking more lives than anything in this world? That's the place where you should be the most responsible as you've ever been in your life is when most you have a weapon. Exactly. And people should be held accountable. People should be able to be monitored. They have guns. People should have mental health checks. All type of shit need to go into when you're, when you're putting a weapon, allowing someone to have a weapon, there should be a level of accountability, a level of... um research, you know, a le level of mental, all these things, we need to be sure that the person that you've given this gun to is, is not going to go out there and just shoot people, man. And so I don't know, I don't know why anybody would keep pushing back on that. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I don't even want to talk about the legislative piece because they, we always get the prayers and, and well wishes and everybody is so sad, but they don't move on it. And I, you know, I believe that they're, there, I, I believe in the conspiracy theory that I don't think is a conspiracy. I think it's a theory that there are people in this country that are afraid to put their guns down and to have true gun control because they want to be able to have access to weapons in the event that they are a part of insurrection type of behavior, right? They have a war plan. And a part of their war plan is their weapons. Every army needs its weapons to be able to fight, right? And they have an army that the NRA, 
uh, the gun companies and others are part of. And if there's too many regulations, those regulations also will affect them because you can't have black people having to do background checks, Latino people, and then you don't have to do it for white folks. So they need to leave it open. The other part of it is they know as long as they can get access to guns in our hands, we'll do most of the killing uh, uh, against ourselves, unfortunately. unfortunately. So there's a whole war plan. Nothing that is happening, that is happening in society is just just because, just, you know, uh, what you call it random. No, it's all very strategic. And we just better know that. We better know that. I was going to talk about something else today. Um, and we're going to be having our guests come on soon. But I'm going to do a whole live on an experience that I recently had with, um, and I, I kind of, you know, it's been a month now a little less than a month but i haven't really talked about it one because we've been busy and so much is going on and it was vacation and a lot of things going on but i want to talk about these apps um airbnb was the one that i had a particular issue with but i want to talk about the apps the ubers and all these apps and how now that these apps have been created to provide quicker ways to make reservations, to eat, you know, to get deliveries and all of that, the customer service aspect of it is going away completely, right? There's no customer service being uh, upheld or, 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 or actually being, um, there's no customer There's no mandated. There's no- Yeah, mandated. But I'm looking for, in other words, there, there is there's no attempt, no intention at true customer service because the app is taking the place of human interaction. And the problem with that is that on one side, right, many of these apps, they're making incredible money, incredible money. Uber is making incredible money. Right, all Uber Eats, they got all these things. You have all these different delivery services. Airbnb is making money. And the people who are spending money are not getting the service that they need in terms of the customer service that's necessary so that they have a good experience. And that is something I was on the phone doing something with uh, 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 my remote control and my cable company. And by the time I went through a few prompts, and I'm and what they're asking me to do, I already did. I changed the 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 uh the batteries. I did the this, I did all of that. I need somebody to get on the phone to hear what it is that I'm going through. And by the time I wasn't able to select any of the things that they only specifically want to talk about, it cut me off. It just that was it. And that type of behavior is happening in multiple areas. Um, you know, with I was these on the phone apps. with Sexton today and they was doing the same thing to me. They tell you what you want to talk about. You try to talk to them and then they say, all right, well, call back later and just disconnect you. And then you're on the phone for four and five hours. Last week, I got a, a fucking boot on my car for registration and all. And they telling me all of these steps to go through. I finally get the steps. I go through all of them. And and it's like there is a setup. Because they're telling me something wrong with my registration. So by the time I get the registration field, they won't give me the copy of the registration to send. Then they wait 24 hours. And then they know by the time they send you the copy of the to send to them that they can tow your car. So five minutes before they sent me the copy, 
of the registration, the, the people done told my car. So that's another $150 that you got to go to get you to your car from the total. Like this shit is all a game. They run it. They have a strategic plan to figure out how to inconvenience you and how to keep getting your money. Absolutely. So, you know, I, I want to tell my story about what happened at Airbnb or with Airbnb uh, and a particular company that I um, rented from and stayed in, in this particular property, this property management um, space or whatever. But I think that more needs to be like, I actually want to dedicate 10 minutes of my life because <laughs> that's about all I have every week to focusing on customer service and how much of it we are losing and the problems that's happening with different companies. And I'm going to solicit friends and other people so that they can tell their stories as well, because I think we're being taken advantage of. And you know, I don't like to be taken advantage of. I don't mind spending money on a product that I love or a service that I love, because you know, I believe in luxury. I want, I want everybody to live a luxurious, a luxurious life. And I know I try to do everything. It may not be, you know, I don't know, whoever's life. It ain't Michelle Obama luxury, but it's Tamika Mallory's luxury, the way I can create it for myself. And I want services. I want things to be clean. I want people to be kind. I want things to be done on time. I want there to be a phone number to call or at least a quick response to things when you're having challenges. I just, I, and I don't think what I'm asking for is something that first of all, most people are not asking for as well or desiring. And I also don't think that it's something difficult. I think the problem is that we as a, a, a as a society are allowing this to happen because we want convenience and we're just frustrated by ourselves, but we actually could organize at, you know, we could actually come together and organize so that people start knowing that they can't just do us any kind of way. So I plan to do a full thing on uh, my experience with Airbnb. You do, because you want it right. You want Absolutely. this stuff right. Absolutely. So it's time for us. And, and oh, oh, wait, what? I got to give my thought of the day on that. <laughs> my thought of the day is don't and never underestimate a woman that has been frustrated by something and then has a plan. Because I promise you that this intention that I plan to put into this particular part of my advocacy is going to move from point A to point B because I'm not going to stop because I just am not going to allow people to rob me, people to, you know, just just step on on me and not just me. Let me tell you something, my son, to me, yeah, I can fight for myself, but I know there are people out here that are intimidated about writing the email or in the chat to try to get somebody to respond to them, right? Mm -hmm. They don't feel like they're able to articulate the problem, right? The way that you and I may be able to do. There are people out here that are working and don't even have the time. They just need to get somebody on the phone to give them information about whatever they're looking for. There are people out here, elderly people, Elderly people that are being abused and taken advantage of because they don't have the skills necessary to go and get online and fill out a thing and click a thing and wait for a thing and set up an appointment for a time to speak to so-and-so and then, you know, have the type of situation like the one that I had with Airbnb. 
So, you know, my thought of the day is how long will we allow this to happen and how far are we going to allow it to go before we say, nah, these companies, if we're going to continue to, to invest in you, you have to make sure you have the necessary things in place to take care of the people that's keeping you in business. So that's my thought of the day. Well, that's a thought and that's a word. So in some positive news, you know, I was, I went to do a panel, a black history panel in your church. Grace Baptist, Grace Baptist Church, Mount Vernon. Did yes. Need to know. <laughs> yes. um, I did a Black History Day panel with my brother Yusuf Salam and William Wagstaff, excellent civil rights attorney out there. And we did a beautiful, beautiful um, conversation. And uh, it, was, it was hosted or moderated by Priscilla Etchi, who's always doing a lot of positive things in the community. If you don't know who she is, then you definitely need to tune in with her. The um, wonderful mayor, Sean Patterson was there and I love her to death. And, and I was honored, you know, they gave me, they gave me some citations. They gave me some proclamations. And I also got a national day. It's <laughs> February 13th. It's not national. Well, we it's, it's 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 my own day in Westchester County. You know, February 13th is my son Lennon Day, man. So I was really honored. I love that. Yes, I love it, man. Thanks, everybody, you know, who was there. You know, it's my first, my first day. I'm moving on up. Let me just say, it has to be something prophetic about you getting an award you being you receiving a day the national day i love it i don't care we going with it it's a national day mount vernon national mount vernon um new york that you receive you got that at my church and my church is a place that the spirit of the lord is in that church the work that has been done on me and so many lives across the tri-state area and the work they do it's a social justice ministry so this church is not a church that is, uh, you know, just on Sundays. It's open seven days a week. They feed the community. They are marching in protests. They, they, they have panels. They have uh, young people active. They have college scholarships. Our church is a five-star church. My pastor, Dr. W. Franklin Richardson, is my best friend in my heart. And for you to, re to receive that type of honor there, and I, I didn't even know you were going to be there. You told us afterwards, like, oh, I was at your church. That to me is it just means so much because I know that they wouldn't have given that award to you in that building and 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 Dr. Howard, um, uh, uh, the mayor, they wouldn't have gave it to you if they didn't feel like and see the work you do and how hard you really really go at it every day for our people. So congratulations. Well, thank you, thank you, man. Little old me, man. Shout out to Yusuf and and um and um William Wagstaff as well, man. It was it's a dope day. Awesome. Awesome. All right. We got a good guest coming up. We're going to go back and talk about some Florida issues and what's the struggle for our education supposed to look like. So friends, again, we, we bring our friends. Always, to always. Get you friends. That's right. You know, they, I bet you people, hate. they talk about that. Like, oh, they always have their friends on there. Yeah, but that's what we supposed to, but that's why we got a show. So we can interview and talk to the people that's our friends that we like. I don't want to interview and talk to people I don't like. 
you can do that in a different you don't mind that you get on your instagram page and go live and get the fighting and carrying on and talking to people you don't like i don't have a lot of time in my life available for people i don't like i need to build with people that's doing something and folks that you know we can continue to uh, express ideas don't have to be the same idea, but we certainly can 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 you know spar with one another in positivity. I ain't, I ain't trying to argue with people all day on the internet. That's not my thing, unless it's in the comment section. But that's a whole other thing. But this friend is not just a friend or any friend or the kinds of friends we talk about. That you know it's, it's a wide group of or a large group of people who we consider to be our friends on street politicians. This is actually my friend, my brother, my friend, my dear friend, one of my best friends in the whole wide world. Uh, we have been on the battlefield and, uh, you know, spiritually uh, connected for a long time. And, you know, and 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 I think what is really, really um, what makes me feel sort of like emotional about our friendship, our brotherhood and my relationship with him and his wife and his family is that they have watched me grow from where I started in the movement a while back when I started coming into my leadership to now. And I have also watched the growth of this family stepping into leadership in Florida. And so today I am so, 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 so excited to have with us Bishop Rudolph McKissick. Uh, and Bishop McKissick is on the board of National Action Network, which is where I met him uh, as a board member. And he also is the senior pastor of Bethel Baptist church in Jacksonville, Florida, which I just learned in the last few days happens to be the, the oldest black church in Florida. Like this is history, historical stuff here, my, my good friend and brother. So uh, Bishop McKissick, I, I am stumbling over that because I'm just so used to calling him Rudy. Uh, <laughs> thank you so much for joining us on Street Politicians. Welcome, welcome, and welcome. Uh. What's up, Queen? What's up, King? Call me Rudy, please. Don't be all this bishop stuff. Don't be doing that on here. You know how she do. <laughs> yeah, you know, man. You know, she, you know, you know her. You know her real well. Why do y'all, you know, when your friends talk about you, they say <laughs> things that is not actually being stated, but basically what they're trying to say is that I'm a little off. That's what they're saying, y'all. <laughs> a little bit. Just a little. <laughs> so, right. Rudy, Bishop, my brother, we always are in the middle of a fight. Always. There's always a battle happening. And it, 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 you know, it hits us in different places. I mean, we've got our other brothers and sisters out here. You got uh, Freddie Haynes, our brother out in Texas. You got Jamal Bryant, our brother who's in Atlanta now, was in Maryland. Uh, you know, we, we've got family in so many different places around the country. We'll get in trouble for naming them all. But in all of these different spaces, we find ourselves having to come together to fight against uh, the powers that be that are trying to oppress our communities, trying to in some way disrupt our peace um, and put us in the midst of struggle. And now we find ourselves in Florida having to deal with uh, this attack on our education, a, a whitewashing of our history. They started out around critical race theory around this country and brought it all the way to the real thing they wanted to do was to, to make sure that in the high schools um, and some of the younger students would not learn about the history of our people. And you have been one that I saw you immediately. Nope, can't have it. Got to shut it down. You have been telling me for the last year or so 
that Governor DeSantis is a major problem and that people needed to focus. And now we are seeing just how bad it is. Um, so tell us what exactly is going on in Florida and then what you all have done something. Last week, you guys had a big rally. Um, and what is the purpose of that? What's the goals? And, you know, just give us an update as to what's happening. Yeah, well, first of all, man, I'm I'm glad y'all's podcast is dope. Like for real, to me, I don't even know if I've told you that before, but I, I check it out. And it's it's really, really dope. So I'm I'm just glad to be on here, you know, chopping it up with y'all. So, you know, Ron DeSantis is is doing everything he can to run for president. Mm -hmm. So everything that he's doing has a, a bigger, a bigger agenda to it, right? Mm -hmm. And what what he's doing is real interesting, it's very strategic and it's slick. For instance, you know, he came out with this whole thing against the AP course. Mm -hmm. And he, he tried to claim it was because it had things in there about gays that, you know, that's his word. And watch how he got us off focus. So now he's got these black folk who are ultra conservative religious over here saying, we agree with him because you got the gays in there and they missing the forest for the trees. Because while we over here arguing that he's right on this issue. He's over here now telling public schools, uh, cover up all the books. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm making a list of approved books. I'm sending a media specialist in mm -hmm. to make sure the books follow my criteria. They wow. took out, while we over here focusing on, you know, what we don't like about gays, mm -hmm. using his word again, we missing what he's really doing over here, right? Mm -hmm. They took out a book on Rosa Parks. Mm -hmm. They took out a book on Hank Aaron. Mm -hmm. They took out a book on Roberto Clemente. So he's not, you know, while we're focusing on this AP course and all of that, he's over here trying to change our, our history, trying to rewrite it. And he claims he doesn't want children to feel uncomfortable mm. and and my my thought is maybe they need to be uncomfortable mm -hmm. so you know if they're uncomfortable maybe it'll lead them to join us in the struggle mm -hmm. and maybe they need to be uncomfortable because their comfort is because of how our ancestors were uncomfortable for years mm -hmm. so you know he's slick with what he's doing and he's getting he's got us believe it or not divided because we fighting over something that we shouldn't even be fighting over first of all you know and as i said in the march on that wednesday look ain't nobody elect you to be pastor you elected to be the governor mm. this ain't church this is a state mm. so he, he's trying to use our state as his test lab to see how we respond. And I, I said it, you know, to Don Lemon on CNN, we want the country to see that what they got on a micro level in Florida is what they'll get on a bigger level if he's allowed to run for president and become the president. He is, he's, he's vengeful. The latest thing, let me tell y'all what he did. When he got the pushback about the AP course for black history, he came out that Monday and said, well, I tell you what, we'll just cancel all the AP classes. 
We won't do anything with the college boy. He always responds like a child, mm. you know? And, and so he's trying to redact our history. And as I said at the mic that day, the talking point they're using is they're lying, they're dishonest because they say uh, that we don't want black history. And, and I'm saying, no, ain't nobody ever say that. What we said is we just not gonna let you tell our story your way. That's right. Right. That's, that's not what we're gonna do. You don't get to tell our story your way. And even if we go with what he said, I looked it up, only 11 of the 67 counties in Florida are even enforcing Black history. Mm -hmm. And 95% of those 11 that teach it only do it in February. Wow. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's, a, you know, he, it's a lot that he's doing, but he's doing it all to throw red meat to his base so that he can run for president. And I know that, and I, and I say this every day, but there are so many of us who don't get it, right? And they right. grab on to, you know, the gaslighting and, and, and the talking, those one things. What do you think that was going to be an effective strategy? Because I, I have Black men every day that come to me with, oh, yeah, that's what they're trying to do, this and that. And when you're having these conversations with them, they don't, like you said, they're not looking at the forest from the trees. So what, what do you think is going to take for our strategies to properly inform and strategize and move our people in the right direction? Man, I, I think we've just got to keep talking it. We've got to keep reinforcing it until people hear it. And, and we've got to peep their strategy, I think, and dissect it. Like, for instance, the whole piece about, you know, the LBGDQIA community. So you got these conservative Christians, Black, who are so distracted by their theology over that, that they're missing what this is really all about. And that is the disenfranchisement of, of Blacks, minorities, LBGTQIA, and the, the rewriting of our history. We've got to just keep dissecting what he's doing, see his game, and call it out to our people. I had a I had a conservative black preacher come at me, you know, trying to say to me, well, man, how are you agreeing with that? You know, when he's trying to say that it, it had homosexuality. And I said to him, I said, my brother, let me list to you everything he's done. And by the time I got done, he was like, oh, I didn't look at it that way. Yeah, you're right. I think that's what we've got to keep doing. And then we got to hit them where it hurts, man. I made a comment at the rally. If you don't want our story, you don't want our students. And I, I threw a hypothetical and it's kind of catching with some people. What if every D1 athlete went in the transfer portal and decided they were going to go to a school that wants their story? You know, I, you, we got to throw some things out there that will get their attention. Because at the end, of, and I know y'all know this. They don't care about us marching. They could care less because they know at the end of the day, what we do is march. What we don't do is strategize. So even if a march had them say, all right, come to the table, what you want. Hell, we don't, we don't know what to tell them because we get hyped, but we don't sit down and strategize with each other. And I think that's what we got to start doing. 
and some do. Some people, you know, because we we make sure that when we are in the midst of protest movements, that we do strategize on what is yeah. the larger goal, right? right? But I get your point that it is not enough of it, and it's not collective because no. what happens is that you'll have clergy doing what it is doing, which is important, bringing out folks, trying to have interfaith, because that's one of the things, great things about the rally was diverse. You had a lot of different types of people there. So you'll have clergy doing that. You'll have the activist community doing its own thing, which is also necessary. Then of course you have the education community and other elected officials, and we will be sort of splintered. And what strategy looks like is having all of us working together and having a collective focus on like, what are the pressure points? How do we support one another? And then what is the ultimate end goal? And I think that this is, a, th because as you, to your point, one, let me say, it is not just our history that they don't want us to learn. Right. They don't want their history to be taught. <laughs> right. Because the history does not belong to right. just one side. In fact, you don't get from being kings and queens and, and having our own land and having our own religion, our own culture in on another continent to building America unless you tell their story too. Right. You have to, right? Yeah. That he, he says he doesn't want kids to be uncomfortable. Well, I'm very uncomfortable knowing that my niece who's in high school is learning that Christopher Columbus was some type of uh, uh, you know, genius, and that he was some type of hero. I'm uncomfortable right. with that. Right. When we know that Christopher Columbus was actively engaged in enslaving yes. Africans, yes. right? So we, it's uncomfortable all around. If you want to make some changes, let's look at the whole history. How can you teach about your queen, Chris, uh, uh, Queen Elizabeth, and right. her, and not tell the story of her lineage? But then you don't want to teach about our queen, Rosa Parks. Like, come on, let's let's be serious here. And that's to your point. We got to talk straight and make sure we break it down for our people. But to circle back to the LGBTQIA position, first of all, I support, I know you do. I we do. support the LGBT, LGBTQIA community. And I, I, I don't believe that we as Black folks can participate in trying to hold anybody back or block any other community with all that we've been through. I say that all the time. However, when you look at the curriculum, the curriculum was this wide right. and there is this particular piece that right. is, is specifically in the area about the current state of the movement. Because you got to look at the how the history builds up. They don't have the part about the LGBTQIA community even in the earlier civil rights movement, where if you want to talk about James Baldwin and, and all those then at that time who were actually a part of that community, you could start the story there. They didn't. Right. It is in this particular time, this context of what's happening in the movement today. You're not telling the true story of the movement if you don't include that, because that's a real thing. Right. Mm -hmm. And that, that, you can't just erase, you know what I'm saying? The story of, of, of how this whole thing has progressed. So we got to be smarter than to be in our emotion about how we feel personally about people and issues and whatever. And we have to look at, in fact, the people who created the curriculum would have been doing a disservice not to include pieces of it that exists within the struggle of today. That's like talking about 
to family and because you don't like somebody, you don't say they live in the house. Yeah. <laughs> then you tell them the whole story of the family and now you just leave the one person out. That's just not, it's not real. Just because you don't like it or agree with it. We might, none of us might like it, but we can't say that the person don't live there. That's right. just the reality of the situation. That's that's what history is. It's telling the true story of what's going on. Yeah. And, and for me, you know, we got to stop trying to wrap our activism in our theology. Mm. Here's what I mean by that. You know, so you, you've got a theological position over here that that is anti-inclusion, right? But this ain't about that. And if this is going to be about activism and if this is going to be about personhood and being, that can't be your starting point. Mm. And that's my argument, even to some preachers. That can't be your starting point. We, we're not arguing about them, about people coming to your church. Mm. We're arguing about people having their right mm. as citizen. Mm. And, you know, we got to learn how to separate that. And until we do, we're going to forever allow something that shouldn't even be on the table to be on the menu. That's right. Divisive. It's yeah. divisive. It's divisive. Yeah. But you know, to me, the other real, okay, here's the real elephant in the room. My son, here's the real deal why we can't come together. Because Negroes always want to get the credit. So the preachers don't get together with the activists because we worrying about credit. Or we worrying about who church they don't go to, or are they with the nation, or are they even a believer at all? We, you know, we putting stuff in the mix that's keeping us from getting together, and we worrying about whose name gonna be on it, you know, especially preachers, whose name's gonna be on it, you know, who's gonna get the credit, and we can't come together for our people because we're more selfish than we are selfless. I mean, let's just keep it real. Let, I mean, let's just keep it 100. You, Tamika, you and I know this. <laughs> yeah. Period. It, it, it's really unfortunate that they keep using the same playbook and we keep falling for it every time, man. Oh. And the thing is, we so powerful, United. I watch so many different, like, I'm, I'm a fan of just leadership. I'm a yeah. fan of power. You know what I'm saying? I see a bunch of men, women, powerful people that I just always be like, why do they, why we can't always be together? Why can't we all move as one? You know, and, and that's the thing that's that's keeping us separated. And they know that. And, and, and every other culture seems to find a way to have their powerful leadership and, and the people who have the resources come together for one cause. They, they yes. seem to figure out how to do it. And I just, it, it blows my mind that as Blacks, we have not been able to do that it, it just really blows my mind what we yeah so well you know because i agree with you i, I agree 100 but i need to push back for this purpose we do know when to come together right or we know how for things that matter to us right and even if you think about the way we use our voting power right because without the black vote both male and female, both woman and man, because they can say what they want, that black men don't show up. Black men are number two behind black women in most elections, particularly things that impact us on a federal level, right? We got a lot of work to do locally because locally it's a disaster everywhere. And that's not just 
black men and women or just black men is black women too because we our turnout rate in local races is down to so low people don't even have to campaign to be able to get elected they just show up right. once or two times here or there and the numbers are going to be so small they could literally win by two or three people and so that is that's a disaster we have to do way better there because on a local level, a lot of this stuff is where it begins, right? Governor DeSantis is a local elected official, whether you want to believe it or not, because he's in Florida and he probably, I don't know his history, but I'm sure he went through steps. He was, he must've been something before he became governor. He just run for governor and become governor. Right. So there's a history and there are other people in the pipeline that will help him to lay out and carry out his mission because he's got council members and he's got other, you know, elected offices and people in positions of power who are helping to push his agenda. So locally, we got to do much better, but we do show up and we know how to vote. What we have a problem with is what you are saying, my son, and also um, Rudy, is this idea of what you do after you voted. That's where we got to get, we got to come together on that point. Because depending on who the elected official favors, we will either check out or we start fighting with the, the, the person, oh, so-and-so went to the White House or so-and-so got invited to this and they was in the meeting and my son's talking to uh, the mayor and this and that. Then ain't nothing. They in the system. Instead of us coming up with strategy for some of us are getting invited to some places. So we got to go in there with the right talking points. Right. If we don't, then you challenge us. Then there are people on the outside pushing as well. And I think that is what we have to focus on more. We know how to move, but we don't know how to maintain and sustain. And I think that's, in Florida, that's going to be critical, right. you know, and, and, a, and a big, what we've learned, and I have to tell you, um, Rudy, because you've been doing this stuff for a long time, but what we've learned is that the relationship building, the community building, yeah. is almost more important than fighting the target. Right. Right. Because right. when you think about the Breonna Taylor movement, and my son can attest to this, yes, we had our, you know, strategy for Daniel Cameron, and we had our struggle with the city and the police department and all of that. But if we did not invest the type of time that we put into building with that community, we could have done any of what we did. Yeah, yeah. That, that's where we where we lack is in relationships, building community, you know, and, and you know, one of the things I said to Reb after we finished the march and we went to chill and I sat next to him, I said, OK, what what's next? <laughs> like because we 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 got to we got to we got to come up what our next thing is to move towards our goal. This can't just be the march <laughs> and we in the media. Because the way the media works now in 24 hours, they on to the next episode, in the words of, you know, of my it's boy. It's in an hour. It's in yeah. an hour. It's in so an hour. Yeah. It, it's got to be more than just a news cycle. It well, because, be because you got a march and the shooting at Michigan State right. and another shooting that happened after that. You That's right. so much. Even the media, you know, while we have to hold them accountable, even they can't keep up. They don't got enough hours in the day to talk about all the stuff that's happening across this country, not to mention our foreign, uh, the, the things that's happening from a foreign perspective, right? right. It's great. Like we, people are not even focused on 
the fights that's happening all right. across the world that's impacting us here. Inflation is not just because we're trying to recover from COVID. We are also fighting wars and in battles and in situations that's causing goods to rise, causing travel to rise, oil to rise. This is some serious shit. So, sorry, um, Bishop, I didn't mean <laughs> It's some serious stuff, you know. Anyway, I know I'm running my mouth, but I just I just feel like we better have, we better be, we better be, and I'm not talking about we as in Mr. Johnny who lives in Jacksonville on on a on a nice street somewhere, because that's too much for him to bear to have to think about all these things. We're talking about leaders, people who have the wherewithal that have engagement and access. We gotta think bigger than. Oh, there's a part of the curriculum that has something about LGBTQIA. I mean, that's that's little for us right. to focus right. there. Right. And and, and it's got to be multiple strategies. You know, like you said, there's some people who get to the table. Somebody asked me today, you know, we know the governor heard your comments yesterday. Would you meet with him? And I said, hell yes. Oh, yeah. I will go sit right in his face and talk to him. We got to be smart, you know. And we've got to we've got to realize it's going to take multiple weapons, if I could use that term. You know, yeah. multiple methodologies. Let me use that word: multiple methodologies for us to affect change that we're trying to affect. And it's got to start. Let me tell you, it's got to start in Florida because there are other governors mm. who are watching what's happening in Florida, happening. ready to replicate in their state mm -hmm. what he passes here. So if we don't stop it. And if, and if we don't develop a blueprint so that leaders in these other states, we can say, yo, this is what we did to try to affect this change. We got to think bigger than Florida, you know, and we got to think bigger um, than just, as you said, the black community, because he's he's after any and everybody that's a minority, any and everybody that's not on his side. And we got to come together. Even beyond Florida, we need all of y'all. You know, I may need until freedom to come down here and rock the mic. You know what I mean? Until we get their attention. We've got to get their attention. And I I don't believe a march gets their attention. Absolutely. Because they know that's it, like it I does. Said, yeah. It does. You think so? I want, I want you to attention. Got it just doesn't, like you said, it when you gather hundreds of thousands of people anywhere. For one cause people got to pay attention now it's what you do with that attention right? right it's how you sustain that attention what you do after that attention is the people that you have and in, in, in the the you know the demands that you have with that attention that it brings it's just like watching you guys the rally you have it got our attention listening to right. you so there's no way listening to how passionate and how thoughtful and how how sharp you were what you were saying that like they said the governor saw what you said you right. know, since so now they want you and they asking you, do you want to sit down with him? Is because you got his attention. You yeah. know what I'm saying? So when you sit down, you know what you you know exactly what it is that you want, you know what you don't want, you know right. how to go about it, and you're right. willing to move and continue to, to put the pressure on. So I, I, I think I understand what you're saying, but I definitely think that it garners attention. It just gotta you just have to utilize that attention properly. You do. And listen, five people, my son said hundreds of thousands. Yesterday, you guys had over a thousand. Five people can make a difference by coming together because unity at any level causes people to notice, to pay attention, and to have to listen. 
To your point is how you push that forward is going to be what makes them stay in tune. So right now they looking to see, was it a march and it's over? This is what right. you say. Right. Or are there, is it going to be other steps and other things happening that keeps this movement alive? And that's what we have to do. I mean, until Freedom just announced our six week course on African-American uh, studies and, you right. know, we're, we're focusing on teaching with instructors. I'm not teaching. I'm actually learning. Um, we're focusing on learning from uh, from early before enslavement to the transatlantic slave trade through the reparations movement and, and looking at when that actually started because it wasn't just recent history. Reparations is something that started the conversations about it while enslavement was actually happening. Because as our brother, uh, attorney Angelo Pinto says, it's about repairing the harm. So there's always been a conversation on that. And then we are into, we're going to be into in late March, uh, talking about the U.S. Constitution and how it intersects, you know, us as African-Americans, where we see ourselves within the uh, Constitution. And then finally, the movement that is happening today. So that's another part of our resistance struggle is educating ourselves and making sure that if they try to ban it, we still have it available somewhere to teach it and to learn it. But there still has to be boots on the ground. So I appreciate what you all did yesterday. I do not want you because um, you're like me. We have this thing where even though we did one thing, it's not enough. We need to do 10. We need to do 15. Right. We want to do it strong. And, and that's just the way that we are. But you have to sit back and realize Prior to you all deciding to do something, nothing was happening. That's right. Yeah, no, that's right. The, 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 the clergy community was, was talking about it, knew something needed to happen, but you all were bold enough to call it and people came. Yeah, no, they came in law. I mean, it blew my mind. Man, clergy came from as far as Miami, um, South Carolina. You know, they really came together. And as you said earlier, it was so diverse, you know, black, white students, um, the LBGTQIA community. I mean, you name it. Mm. It it was it was a representation of the very thing DeSantis is against: inclusion and diversity. Mm. You know, and it's really weird because I said it at at the rally. He ain't a Native American, which means the very fact he is the governor is because diversity worked. Right. So how are you going to cut out the very thing that helped you become the governor? Mm. But, but that's what, but you know, that's what white folk do. They use the rules for themselves and then try to flip the script when we learn the game. Well, that's, 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 on a, that note. that's a whole lot of game right there. That's a whole lot of game, bro. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Well, we appreciate you for joining us. We want to do this regularly as we are into this fight to keep people abreast of what's going on. We need to be on one another's lives, be in communication, yeah. because that's what most people, it's not that they don't want change. It's not that they're not trying to fight. It's that it's, it takes a lot of work. It's hard. And it keeps you up every day, every night. You got to stay committed. You got to be invested. And once you start something, you can't just drop it in the middle. You got to see that thing all the way through. And that's, that is what really becomes the biggest struggle that most people have is that they don't know which way to turn but we always say just keep moving so yeah. that's what we have to do is just keep moving what's happening in florida is happening across this country y'all we cannot sit by we cannot sit by if they are allowed to teach their history then we need to be allowed to 
ensure that ours is being taught as well. You yep. cannot say, well, we don't need them to teach. our. They have access to our children all day long. Right. And what they put right. into their minds and hearts, what they, it, and, and to their own children all day long, it does matter. And yes, we should teach our own, but we should also force them to have to tell the stories and confront the true history, theirs and ours as well. So thank yeah. you, Bishop McKissick. My son, I got to come so we can, we're going to lead Tamika home, but I got to come to New York so we can hang out. Listen, man, look, you ain't said them but a word, man. We're going to leave you her home, though. Home yeah. for me means my bed, so I'm all good. She can't wait. That's all she <laughs> wants to do. <laughs> Love you, man. Thanks. Love you. Peace, y'all. Peace. State Farm Insurance gets it. Representation alone doesn't equate to authenticity. State Farm understands and wants to help protect our communities by investing in our future, building off the hard work our parents have done before us. We all are looking to create generational wealth so that our families and generations behind us have a better starting point than we did. That begins with financial literacy. State Farm helps fund programs like Project Ready, a National Urban League program committed to the educational achievement of Black and Brown youth. To date, participants have been awarded over $11 million in scholarships offers as a direct result of contributions from State Farm. At Eating Wallbrook, we hear inspiring rags to riches stories on each episode from our guests, but with State Farm, you can begin to write your own success story. State Farm believes that being better neighbors creates better communities and have a long-lasting impact. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. All right, so there we were, cruising through the new open-air zoo, when I realized that the park was closing in like 15 minutes. Luckily, we were in my Nissan Rogue. With its powerful VC turbo engine, well, we had time to see all the animals. Whoa! <laughs> and outrun a few! Drive the Nissan Rogue. In the pressure cooker of the NBA playoffs, there's no room to fake it. When the NBA championship is on the line, every pass, every shot, and every dribble is immediately, undeniably consequential. The playoffs are the time for the real. Real stakes, real emotions, real sweat, real blood, and real tears. Trust me, I know what it takes to bring home a championship ring. The regular season is tough, but these games are a completely different level. Now is the time when legacies are made. The best team will bring home the Larry O'Brien Trophy, and add their name to basketball history. Will we see a battle between marquee franchises or will we see a new champion crowned? Which teams will rise from the chaos? Which teams will conquer? Which team is gonna make this year their year? These are the moments of unscripted, pure entertainment that only happen on the hardwood. You've waited all season for this. It's time to take it to the next level. Don't miss one minute of the action. Tune into the NBA playoffs on ESPN and ABC. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Got my Prevnar 20 shot. It's a pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine. For us wise folks, it helps protect. I'm 19, strong. And asthmatic and at higher risk. 
get vaccinated. But, but nothing when grandma speaks. Grandson listens. 19 or older with chronic conditions like asthma, diabetes, or chronic heart disease, or 65 plus, you may be at higher risk for pneumococcal pneumonia. Prevnar 20 can help protect you with just one dose. Prevnar 20 is approved for adults to help prevent infections from 20 strains of the bacteria that cause pneumococcal pneumonia. Continued approval may depend on a supportive study. Don't get Prevnar 20 if you've had a severe allergic reaction to the vaccine or its ingredients. Adults with weakened immune systems may have a lower response to the vaccine. Side effects include pain and swelling at the injection site, fatigue, headache, muscle, and joint pain. For full prescribing information, please call 1-855-213-2138 or visit Prevnar20.com. Ask your doctor or pharmacist about getting vaccinated with Prevnar20, even if you've already received another pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine. That's how we own it! Rudy dropping them jewels, man. He's really, he really... He takes seriously, like when he's doing something. So he's like, we got to be united. We got to do this. One march ain't nothing. But we have to always remind ourselves to stop and acknowledge what we're able to accomplish, you know? And I so- mean, that's, a, that's the thing. That's the thing, especially in this work, you know, um, you, 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 you feel like you're taking two steps forwards and five steps backwards, man. You save a life and you lose two. You you, you get some rights. They take three, four from you. So it always feels like that. But, you know, I guess those of us who've been called to do this work, man, that's that's just the cross we got to bear, man. So shout out to Rudy. Shout out to everybody who crazy the enough. The entire coalition of people that got together um, in Florida last week, but more to, more to come. Yep, definitely, man. So um, that brings me a little off topic to oh, my It's opinion. always a little off it's topic. It's always a little off topic. But um, so, you know, this has been on the news. This fan lady, whoever she was, she reached and grabbed Buster Rhymes' butt. <laughs> and um, he responded by throwing water on her. And, you know, and there were people who was acting like he did something wrong. I seen somebody saying, oh, he shouldn't have did this and he should have did that. And, and he could have done anything, right? He could have been kind. He could have could have been kind. He could have he could have been kind. He could have threw the, the water bottle at the lady, right? He could have had his security or somebody grab her, physically done something because that's assault. If 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 a woman was walking by, and a man reached in and grabbed her ass, he would get the beat down of all beat downs. The security would beat him down. Maybe. Listen. Maybe. I mean, if if it was a, if a celebrity woman was walking by, and a fan, and she had her peoples alongside her, her security and her friends, and and he grabs her butt, the possibility of him not getting physically assaulted and harmed is very small. If I'm walking with a female, a, a woman that I don't even, if I'm walking next to a woman and the nigga grab her butt, the possibility that he ain't getting his ass whooped. Is probably zero, right? So I I don't understand why I I just I don't get why people were mad at him just throwing water at her, right? He he could have pressed charges. He could have done anything. You know what I'm saying? Well, his, the response I saw from her was that she just wanted to take a picture. But you can't grab nobody's ass to take a picture. Yeah, because the question is, was you trying to take a picture with his ass? Like, which part? <laughs> your hand it? on his ass. A picture would be like, hey, can I take a picture, Buster? Not reaching in, it's grabbing his butt and smiling like you think you did something good. You know, and Buster, we know him. Buster yeah, is that's... not trying to have a fight or nothing with nobody. He ain't trying. He's focused and serious about what he's trying to do. 
He might not be chitty chatty and playful or whatever, but at the same time, this is not somebody that's out here trying to fight women. That's not a thing. So let's not even start that. Cause you know, they'll be like, oh, and maybe, you know, they'll pull up something that happened 10 years ago and be like, see, this is the kind of thing. That is not the, in the situation here. You cannot be touching people on their person. I don't even understand why we, it's so much touching and people getting close to you and bumping you and talking in your face and this and that. People feel like they are supposed to be able to, to touch you. I deal with it all they, the time. Like people walk up to me and they be in my personal space. Dude, dude walked up to me the other day and asked me, does Jadakiss answer his, his DMs? I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> I why would I, you got to ask Jadakiss. I don't like, I'm not in Jadakiss. He was in my face. He was, he had a couple of drinks. You know what I'm saying? You can tell he was a little drunk and he was mad. You know what I'm saying? And you know, and I'm, I'm good at that because I understand I come from, you know, the streets. So I know how to disarm those situations and not engage and, and turn them into more, but I think a lot of people feel like, you know, that they are inclined, that you're inclined to do something for them, or you're inclined, they're inclined to be in your personal space, and you're inclined to do certain things for them. I was so, out a few nights ago in a loud place, loud, and this beautiful woman came over to me and started showing me pictures of her loved ones two sons or two twins that were shot and something happened. And to your point, I'm like the man that wants to know about Jada Kiss's DMs. I done had a few drinks. I've been hanging out. I'm with my friends. Everybody's having a good time. And this beautiful lady, because she was beautiful. I can't, she was a beautiful woman. And she was sweet. And she said she loved me and said such positive things to me. However, she wanted at two o'clock in the morning, on a night that I'm hanging out to tell me a full story about what happened with the kids, the phone number, can she call the sister yelling over the music and trying to explain to me. Now, I've been in those situations several times because people, when they see you and they need to try to explain to you what's going on, they don't know if you, they're gonna have a chance to talk to you again. So I get it. I'm used to it. I deal with it all the time. But the part that really that I was trying to understand and express to her without being rude is that she's talking to me directly in my face to where I can, I'm, her air is coming. And I'm trying to turn my head and telling her, talk in my ear so we're not passing germs back and forth. And she's, and then when I turn my face, she's coming over here. And I'm like, people are not even conscious. Yeah. Of like, we don't even have a a, yeah, a, more personal a, a, space. a way of like protecting ourselves and like not being in people's personal space. Yeah, it ain't no more that people it's don't weird. care. About nah, those days is gone. Your personal is no more personal space. People think that, especially if you are known, you have some level of notoriety, fame. People feel as if. Mm. It's supposed to just be able to engage you and you're supposed to be happy. You, you're supposed to have full conversations with them and you're supposed to touch you and hug you and all types of stuff. And sometimes I'd be about to die because I'm holding my breath the whole time. Like that, so that I don't breathe any of it in. And then I go, 
to try to hold my breath. Like I'm gonna die. Well, you know, so you know what's funny about this? You actually do shit like that. People think that you joke it or you just say it for a joke. Oh, I'm dead it's serious. Dead serious. <laughs> what? Yo, she's dead, dead serious. serious. You hold up breath. You gotta see her. If somebody <laughs> she played it. And you gotta see. Her. I actually have a cold this week. I have a cold. So I don't want to even protect give you the people from you. Yeah. And help you, me help you when the air is moving across my face, bruh. Bruh. Nah, we can't do it. Anyway. Tamika don't want you in her space. She don't want to breathe your air. She gonna hold her breath. Please give people some personal space, man. Buster, man. We know, we know your heart, man. Lady got a couple drops of water, man. You know, she she'll learn next, she learned today. Back up off, people. Don't be touching no man's buttocks. Especially no Jamaican man. You can't touch no Jamaican man's buttocks. So do you know for sure that she touched his butt? That's what he said. They said he touched his butt. Like, I just you, want to make sure that. If you, you, if you, you had to see it because when you look, you could see to, really there was nowhere else she could have touched. She reached down. And boom, went for his butt. And he turned around started. Because it's not like somebody touched and his back went. or anything. If he would have felt somebody touch his back, he'd, he felt now, you can't do that. You can't do it. Period. So, and Joe, the water was a reaction. Yeah, it was just like I bet you it was a reaction. It was, it was like, don't touch a man's buttocks. <laughs> Boundaries. 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 <laughs> Leave the man buttocks alone. You don't touch the man buttocks. Oh yeah. Shout out to my oh shout out to Boom Boom Save the Brand. You know what I'm saying? Support kids, man. Uh oh, the young people. That's Bronx logo's son. Yeah, so the brand, baby. We logo has the Bronx logo. You know what I'm right? saying? We got save the brand and Bronx logo, man. Find the find the hip hop. Save your truck over there in the Bronx, man. It's all it's all through the Bronx, man. Keep doing what you do, man. So with that said, thank you for another beautiful episode, of Street Politicians. Thank y'all for supporting us, making us the number one podcast in the world. We truly appreciate that. You know, give us all of your feedback. Street Politicians Pod on Instagram. Let us know what you love. Let us know what you hate. Tell us anything you want. Give us some topics. Tell us some people you want us to interview. We want to hear all of the feedback. We love y'all. Thank y'all for supporting us. Please continue to support us because we're going to do what we do. I'm not going to always be right. Tamika D. Mary is not going to always be wrong, but we will both always, and I mean always, be authentic. Peace. Listen to Street Politicians on the Black Effect Network on iHeartRadio. And catch us every single Wednesday for the video version of Street Politicians on iWomen.tv. That's how we own it! In the pressure cooker of the NBA playoffs, there's no room to fake it. Every pass, shot, and dribble is immediately consequential. The playoffs are the time for the real. Real stakes, real emotions, real sweat, blood, and tears. Real legacies. Which teams will rise from the chaos? Which teams will conquer? Which team is going to make this year their year? You already know when and where to find these moments of unscripted, pure entertainment. Don't miss one minute of the action. Tune into the NBA playoffs on ESPN and ABC.
State Farm Insurance knows that understanding and investing in our cultural identity is paramount in protecting our future. We know what it's like to go from nothing to something, to wish that we had better financial literacy when we were younger. Luckily, State Farm is here to help. With funding programs like Project Ready, which is committed to education achievement and has already awarded over $11 million in scholarship offers to black and brown youth since 2021. State Farm believes that being better neighbors creates better communities. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. All right, so there we were, cruising through the new open-air zoo, when I realized that the park was closing in like 15 minutes. Luckily, we were in my Nissan Rogue. With its powerful VC turbo engine, well, we had time to see all the animals. Whoa! <laughs> and outrun a few! Drive the Nissan Rogue. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work. In traffic, so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T.